Hello and welcome to Atari Bytes, the show where we take a bite out of the story within a classic Atari 2600 game and see if that story bites us back. My name is Bill, this is episode 32. Thanks for listening. Welcome to this sort of impromptu recording session of Atari Bytes. Impromptu, despite the fact that I've been planning to do this game for a while, I have notes written, I'm sitting here with a microphone and a computer and a video game, and I'm talking to you people. But other than that, it's in entirely spontaneous. I'll tell you what the impromptu part is though. Normally I record this show on Wednesday nights. That allows me plenty of time to record the show, edit it, get it uploaded to my host, and distribute it to you fine people by Sunday morning, as has been the custom now for eight months or so. But tonight it's Tuesday as I record this. I sat down this evening because I wanted to spend a little time with the game. I wasn't really planning to record tonight but I wanted to spend a little time with the game that we're talking about this week. Uh, One, because I was really excited to play it, and two, I just kind of wanted to get a little more familiar with it before I tried to do the field report and the show. So I played it for a while, and I thought, maybe I'll just go ahead and record the field report. I got the game out, I might as well do that. So I did that, and that was okay, and I thought, hey, what the hell, I'll just record the show. So here I am, I'm recording the show. In the news this week, not really news, just wanted to remind you guys, don't forget, I like getting feedback, certainly about the show, what you like, what you don't like. But also keep in mind, this is a, a story-based sort of writing exercise, fun little take on these Atari games. Every week I come up with a little story. Maybe you guys have been inspired to get a little creative yourselves. Uh, maybe a little story, maybe some artwork, maybe a poem, a song, I don't know. Just whatever you come up whatever uh, images, whatever ideas, whatever thoughts playing these games inspires in your head, put them down. I was going to say put them down on paper, but don't do that. Put them down on little digital blips and bleeps. You can tell I really have a computer background, don't I? And send them to me. And, you know, if I see anything I like, I might share some of those with, uh, with the listeners on the show. If what you're going to send me is more than, you know, 300 words or so, maybe just post it to whatever part of the internet you call home. And send me a link, and I can put that in the show notes and tell other people they should go look at it. Because I want to see what you guys have. So, just a reminder, keep that in mind. The other thing I wanted to do in the little news segment here is also not news. But I wanted to give a shout out to some other podcasts. I wanted to mention Rick at the Holiday Specials Podcast. And the guys at Pie Factory. And, of course, Ferg at Atari 2600 Game by Game. These guys, and many others, have been great about reaching out to me to offer their feedback, offer their comments, and just as importantly, tell other people about the show. They didn't have to do any of that, but they've been doing it almost literally from day one. When I threw this first episode of this podcast out there not knowing anybody or anything, really, about podcasting, and nobody knew who I was, certainly as a podcaster, and I just threw it out there to see what if anybody would listen to it. And people did. Like I say, from almost the start, uh, other podcasters were reaching out. So I just think that's really cool. And I know I mention all these guys from time to time anyway, but I wanted to just take a minute and mention them again. So there you go. Go listen to those people's shows after you finish listening to this one. Uh, okay, in other news, there is no other news. So, moving on. I'm very excited about this week's game. This week's game is Pitfall 2 Lost Caverns, 1984. 
from Activision. We do love us some Activision and Atari Bytes. So, reading from the manual, which suddenly I can't do because I seem to have lost the manual. Oh, there it is. I turned it over to write on it. Alright. The manual's interesting because really the whole manual is laid out in the style of Pitfall Harry's Adventure Diary. If you actually get a hold of a real copy of the manual that came with the game, you'll notice that the cover is kind of sort of a faux journal cover. I just have the printout from Atari Age in front of me, but you still get the idea. The manual starts, Pitfall Harry's Diary. We were all pretty worried about Pitfall Harry. We sent him and his niece, Rhonda, along with Quick Claw the cat, on a treacherous journey to an underground cavern. Well, not a word was heard from him until today. We now present you with Pitfall Harry's Diary, the journal he's been keeping in the Lost Caverns. It arrived this morning by Carrier Condor, typical of Harry. Before you start reading, let's get your gear together. Here's your basic setup, okay? So this is the part of the quote-unquote diary that's actually just straight up instruction manual. So here we go. Insert cartridge into your game system with the power off, then turn power on. You know what? As time goes by, I'm starting to think that might actually be my favorite instruction. I've always said, and I still kind of hold to the idea, that my favorite instruction is the one that says hold the joystick with the uh, red controller button pointed at the screen, or something to that effect. But when they actually have to tell you, put the game in and turn it on, yeah, that's pretty uh, that's pretty low low stakes there. Anyway, uh, plug in the left joystick controller, controller, this is a solo expedition. No two-player games in Pitfall Harry. Pitfall 2. The difficulty game select switches are not used. To begin a new game, press the reset switch, start the action with the joystick. Joystick controller does many things. Certain maneuvers really require practice. And they're not kidding about this. To move Pitfall Harry left or right, move the joystick left or right. That's pretty basic. To jump, press the red button. For a running jump, press the red button while holding the joystick left or right. That maneuver is familiar from the original Pitfall. To descend a ladder, pull the joystick back just before Pitfall Harry reaches the hole. To ascend a ladder, push the joystick forward. Again, straightforward. Now here's where it gets weird. When Pitfall Harry travels by balloon, see balloons, the balloon will follow the left and right movements of the joystick. To speed it up, push joystick forward. To slow it down, pull joystick back. There's no time limit. That's different from Pitfall also, where you had 20 minutes. You and Pitfall Harry can explore the Lost Caverns as long as you wish. The journey ends the moment Rhonda, Dirage Diamond, and Quick Claw have all been found. And now, the diary. Lost Cavern, Machu Picchu, Peru. Latitude 13.31 south. Longitude 71.59 west. In case you're wondering why I'm here, perhaps I've gone too far. I'm in an underground cavern beneath Peru. It seems to be a complex maze, perhaps eight chambers wide, and over three times as deep. Nice Ronda has disappeared, along with Quick Claw our cowardly cat. I am beset by all manner of subterranean creatures in this vast, ancient labyrinth. And all because of a rock, the Raj Diamond. It was stolen a century ago and hidden here. Old friends, if ever you see this diary, I hope you read it and come to my aid. Help me find Rhonda, Quick Claw, and the Diamond. On the way, let's also look for a stone-aged rat. A large university wants it for research. Finally, Lots of stolen U.S. gold bars were ditched here. 
The more bars we recover, the more brownie points we'll get at journey's end. For the record, if I want a perfect evaluation, 199,000 points, I must find Rhonda, Quickclaw, the diamond, all 28 gold bars, and the rat. I never fall victim to a single danger. Again, though, my contract only requires the recovery of Rhonda, Quickclaw, and the diamond. Everything else is gravy. But oh, danger prevails. Poisonous frogs, bats, condors, electric eels, albino scorpions, and leaps over dark voids that dare me to fall to their fathomless depths. All of these pitfalls must be avoided. I'm not really sure what will happen, should I sit calm. But it can't be good. I'll check it out tomorrow. Next day. The consequences. You admire Harry's writing style here. Got a real flair for the uh, literary. Red crosses are as good as gold. Go for them. They'll never believe this when I get back, but it's like this. Whenever I succumb to any danger, I'm not put out of commission, as one might think. Instead, I'm magically transported back to the last red cross I touched. I didn't know they had weird mushrooms in... This is me talking, by the way. I didn't know they had weird mushrooms in Peru. Methinks uh, Harry's been eating a few. Anyway, here's my theory, Harry says. These caverns are part of a land long inhabited by the Incas. This great civilization must have energized healing, and these ancient crosses mark their locations. Their magic is still potent. Balloons! Exclamation point, exclamation point, question mark, question mark. Today I was really out on a ledge. Suddenly a balloon floated overhead. A perfect cross-cavern transport. I wasn't about to ask questions, but I was curious. Upon closer inspection, I discovered that these balloons were actually the specimen bags Rhonda was carrying. Okay. She must have inflated them with steam from an underground geyser to signal that she was still alive. Dear ever-resourceful Rhonda. Anyway, just jump up and hang on. Float above the ledge you're headed to and wait for a bat to burst the balloons. That's the only way to let go. You'll gently fall onto the ledge. Careful now. You want the bat to get the balloon, not you. Oh yes, balloons will only appear up and down the length of one specific shaft. Great leaps in faith. Courage and confidence may be necessary to leap across fathomless voids, but believe me, you can do it. When you want to cross a shaft, especially the one with no balloons, stand at a ledge's edge and jump diagonally down to the ledge across the way. Press the red button right before you jump and hold it down as you move the joystick in the direction you're heading. You'll float to the other side or bounce off the shaft walls. Just rewards. Again, it's very odd how Harry's laying out his diary here, almost as if it was an instruction manual. Just rewards. Sure, I love adventure, but let's give credit where credit is due. These are the amounts I agreed to before I left. We're given an advance of 4,000 points as soon as we begin. Thereafter, we'll receive 5,000 points for every gold bar, 15,000 points for the primitive cave rat, 20,000 points for the Raj diamond, 10,000 points for Rhonda's safe return, 10,000 points for Quickclaw's safe return. Now hold on. This is still Harry talking, using my line, by the way. Each time I succumb to a hazard, I'll continually lose points as I regress back to the last healing station, Red Cross, I contacted. The longer the journey, the more points I'll lose. Also, 100 points are deducted for every unintentional fall. Harry steps aside. While floating on a balloon today, I realize that it is unfair of me to take all the credit for what we do together. I hereby establish the Activision Cliffhangers, open to any co-adventurer who collects 99,000 points or more. Send me a photo of the TV screen showing your qualifying score, along with your name and address. I'll send the official Cliffhangers emblem. Be sure to write Pitfall 2 in your score on the bottom corner of the envelope. Okay? 
famous last words, or what David Crane told me before I left. Since David taught me everything I know, I thought I'd share this letter. Dear Pitfall, Good luck in the Lost Caverns. Here are some tips that'll help you out. Time your approach to condors and bats so that you run exactly below their highest elevation. A free fall down an entire shaft can be a shortcut to the river below. This particular jump must be timed, though, to avoid colliding with bats on the way down. If you're unintentionally falling down a chute of ladders, or past many levels, hold the joystick to the left or right. The underground wind will slowly move you in that direction. You know what? I'm no geologist, but I'm not sure that underground wind is actually a thing. Sorry, David Crane. Anyway, don't get discouraged if a bat gets you whenever you go from a ladder to a gold bar. Listen up. Stay low on the ladder. Not sure what listen up means. Stay low on the ladder. Wait until a bat is just over you. Then climb up quickly and run to the gold bar. You'll barely miss the next bat. But miss it, you will. I guess the listen up part was like not to listen for the bat, but to listen to David Crane. Anyway, finally, not everything you see is always easy to get to. Some things can be so close yet so far away. Like Quickclaw, for instance, and the rat, who, incidentally, can only be subdued from behind. Good luck. Don't forget to write. David Crane. David Crane is one of the most highly awarded video game designers in the world. Born in Indiana, he now lives in California and is an avid tennis player. His numerous works include the Activision Decathlon and, of course, the original Pitfall. With that, I'll bid farewell, my friends. I hope to see you soon. Pitfall Harry. P.S. Please write to David for me. I've run out of paper. Alright, so that's a nice little setup for the story that we're going to tell later. The basic instructions for the game. Kind of like Pitfall. There's not a whole lot to know as far as the maneuvers, right? It's running and jumping. Just like uh, in Pitfall 1. So I think... We should do what I've been waiting to do for years and just get into the game. Rhonda and Quickclaw aren't going to rescue themselves. So after the break, help me Rhonda. Help, help me Rhonda. After that last adventure, it was months before I stopped seeing alligators out of the corner of my eyes. Months before I stopped rolling over in bed at night, waking in fear that I was suddenly falling into quicksand. Months that I could stop the ringing in my ears of a Tarzan bellow as I imagined myself swinging across vine after vine, but never reaching my destination. I never thought I'd go back to that jungle, but here I am. I have to accept my fate, for I am Pitfall Harry. I like how this game looks when you start. It's got the familiar jungle canopy, but it's also got a little pink sunrise action going, with bats and birds flying around. Except this one bird that keeps smacking me in the face that I cannot get past for the life of me. I'm not crazy about having to, having to go back to the axe after you die, quote unquote. Look down the tunnel below, you see not the albino scorpion, but a rat. Oh. And a whole bunch of very 
actually quite realistic looking water. So, you know, props for that. There's a monkey in the cavern underneath that I'm never going to get to because I can't get past this bird that you smack him in the face. I have to time it just right so it can go underneath. But there's... Oh, like that. Jump down into the water. There's supposed to be a way to subdue this rat, but I can't figure out how to do it. It just keeps pushing me back into the water. I'm not sure that the rats are a real welcome addition to this game. Alright, I'll go this way. Swimming, swimming. Gold. That's familiar. I, I like the gold noise in the original Pitfall better. Ooh, waterfall. It's a good looking waterfall. Some eels swimming around. Don't get me. It's gonna get me. Oh, he didn't get me. There's a frog hopping around up on land. Out of the water. Ooh, albino scorpion. Scorpion's huge, man. Ooh, Margold. What can I get to it? Yes. Now we're in the cavern of many levels. Just go on and on. There's an X I can touch, so now theoretically when I die again, I can only go back to that point. More gold! Should I go down another level? What the hell? More gold! I like how the game just kind of goes on and on. The music's getting a little annoying, though. Orgy. You gotta time it so you can get down the hole without getting touched by the frog, but don't get touched by the bat in the hole either. long to get through in a whole field report, even for a really bad player such as myself. Back to you in the studio. Pitfall 2 was a game that I know I heard about existing years ago. Hell, decades ago probably. I'd heard that it was a thing. I even kind of remember seeing pictures of the, the cover of the manual, but I could never actually verify that it existed because I hadn't seen it. Like Santa Claus, or Rational Political Thought. This is a great looking game, now that I've gotten to see it. Starting from the, the pinkish rising sun over the jungle canopy that opens the game, this game does what a sequel should do. It takes what you like about the original, and doesn't just give you more of that. It gives you that, but it doesn't just give you that. It builds on that. Literally, sometimes, in this game, which has level on top of level, or maybe I should say level beneath level, since it's 
seems to keep going down, down, down forever. Physically, not metaphorically. And the game has little touches, like frogs and rats and condors, and waterfalls that actually do look like waterfalls, despite the limitations of the graphics of the day. And water that actually makes waves. And birds and bats that look like birds and bats. Layout of the game. One limitation of Pitfall was, you basically had one flat level, and you just kept running and running in the same direction. Sometimes you could go the other direction if you wanted, but essentially the same direction on one flat level. Jump, jump, jump. Jump, jump, swing. Jump, jump, swing. Jump, jump, swing. This game, there's a fair amount of jumping. So far, a little bit I've gotten to play, there's been no swinging. Uh, it's just jumping and climbing ladders. But there's levels, and you can go up, and you can go down, and across, and sometimes you're in the, actually in the water, which was nothing you could do in Pitfall. And then you got, you know, of course, Pitfall Harry himself, and the gold bars are still there, and the albino scorpions, except the scorpions are up on land now. So far I've only seen frogs and bats, and uh, the rat, or a rat, I don't know if it's the rat, in the caverns. So... This is just a really nice looking game, and one that, unlike Pitfall Harry, you kind of get the layout pretty quick. This one I can tell that you got to get way far into the game before you really figure out what the layout is. So I'm excited to do that. Thanks, David Crane. You done good, sir. Okay, there's one negative that I can say about the game. The whole thing about when you die, you don't actually die, you just get teleported back to the last X that you crossed was, and then you have to repeat everything you just did. It's super annoying. I'd almost rather just have three lives that you typically get in a game like this and be done with it. Okay, there's two negative things I can say. The other one is the music, which you could hear in the field report. It gets super annoying super quick. And the weird thing is you could probably, hopefully not, but you could probably hear in the field report a low kind of not quite a buzz, but just a low tone of some sort. I don't know if that was within the audio of the game, or if that was my equipment, or what. Uh, it hasn't been in anything else that I've been doing. I think it was in the game itself. And that gets kind of annoying too. But, the gameplay, and the look of this thing, are still awesome. I'm just really, really sorry I waited this many years to play it. But, enough gushing about the gameplay. What about the story? You know, this is a sequel, Pitfall 2. Sequels can be troublesome story-wise, because often there's no story at all. They just spoon-feed you more of the same quippy hero from the first movie or game, or gives you the same scenario. This time we go to Bolivia, or whatever, but it's the same stuff. So, does Pitfall 2 rise above the sequel curse? Let's consider. We'll break it down story-wise. As regular listeners of the show, and anybody who took a writing class knows, there are five parts to a story. You have the introduction, where the story gets set up. You find out who the characters are, sort of what the setting is going to be, what the premise is. And you have the rising action, where events are starting to happen. And that leads to the climax, which is sort of the peak of the story, where whatever the conflict is in your story kind of comes to a head. You're at a pivotal point. And then you have the falling action, which is sort of the 
after effects of however that climax came out followed by the end or if you want to get fancy about it the resolution or even fancier the denouement where all hopefully loose ends are tied up and you find out how these characters are going to end up so here's what I imagine is going on with this sequel right pitfall here he's back in action doing his thing only let's say this time he's uh, he's moved out of the jungle he's gone to live in the city I don't miss jungle adventuring at all keeping up with my Netflix and Hulu is challenge enough sure I could snap two hipsters in half with one hand while holding a half-fat extreme mocha sriracha smoothie in the other hand and sure the moonlight on the jungle river is entrancing the sunrises are glorious the thrill of waking every morning, not knowing if you'll still be alive at lunch, is way more intoxicating than even the gamble of whether Chipotle or Subway will food poison me. But, still, city living, yeah, that's where it's at. Okay, so, Pitfall Harry has moved out of the jungle. He's a city boy now. He is ostensibly excited about the benefits of living in a city, but maybe he's not entirely enamored with the urban environment. Now things are going to start to happen. Rising action. Oh no! My dear niece, Rhonda, is in trouble. And her stupid cat, Quickclaw, too. Which is way less troubling. Rhonda loves that little hissing flea bag, so whatever. The thugs who grab them are easy to track through the mean streets of this downtown pedestrian mall. I do lose the trail for a moment, though, around the Panda Express. Before spotting the man buns bobbing over the sunglass kiosk. For a fleeting moment, I wish I had a weapon. This is an American city. Guns drop from the sky like Skittles in those commercials. Then I realize I have a weapon. My wits. Also a smartphone, which I use to post a video of the would-be kidnappers. It immediately goes viral, and the Doduo Pokemon icon I embedded in the video prompts a horde of Pokemon Go players wandering the area to quickly set upon the man-bun trio, and in the confusion, I free Deer Ronda unharmed. Quick Claw was also unharmed. No surprise there, as the cat had managed to hide inside Rhonda's left sock. The cat's huge, I don't know how he did it. They want the priceless Raj diamond, or they'll kill me and Quick Claw, Rhonda cried. I knew I couldn't protect them in this alien concrete world. Be much better to take them back to the very jungle where the Raj diamond is. So that's where Rhonda and I headed. And Quick Claw too. So yeah. Alright. So here's our conflict, right? Rhonda and Quickclaw are in danger. Bad guys want this diamond. Pitfall Harry wants to protect his family. So what does he do? He takes him to where the diamond is. Because... Uh, let's go with it. It's a sequel. So now, the climax. Turns out, going straight to the jungle where the artifact is that the bad guys want was a super obvious move. It seemed like a good plan, but the bad guys found us. They were easy to spot, despite the jungle being pretty crowded with other game adventurers like Sir Dudley Dashley, Lara Croft, Indiana Jones, and whatnot. The bad guys were the ones in matching, totally clean and wrinkle-free outfits, little holes cut in their pith helmets to accommodate their man buns. Still, while I was trying to find a tree to, well, you know, answer nature's call, Rhonda was taken again. They took Quickclaw, too. So, you know, things could be worse. I've given so much to this jungle. 
this is my domain. I decide to call in a few f favors. Bring down the power and the terror the jungle can inflict. Within the hour, a helicopter swoops in. The villains recognize the call letters. H-C-F-M-S-X-Y. Immediately and came running. Man buns are notorious for causing bald spots. Fortunately, I know the hair club for men will make house calls anywhere on the globe. The brutes were so excited for relief, they forgot all about my dear niece Rhonda. Oh, and yeah, they let Quick Claude go too. Well, he makes Rhonda happy at least. Okay, so we had the big showdown with the bad guys. Our hero Pitfall Harry outsmarted them, and he was able to save Rhonda and Quick Claw. Well done. Seems like there's only one more thing to do, and that's a good thing to take care of in the falling action as we're recovering from the climax of the story. Finding the Raj Diamond was a piece of cake, which I also found. It was delicious. Mmm, ancient labyrinth cake. Okay, so, seems like we're kind of wrapping things up. Time to bring this condor in for a landing. And that means it's time for the resolution and denouement. Another adventure in the books. Rhonda and I boarded the plane for home with our treasures for various museums. Unfortunately, Quickclaw runs really fast and was able to make the plane too. Anyone want a cat? He's pretty cowardly, but he's not afraid of hairballs. <sighs> this is where the inspirational music heroic anthem would play. The best I can offer you is this. And that's our show. My thanks to Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com for Creative Commons' use of his songs, Take a Chance, Reformat, and Pinball Spring. You can find Atari Bytes show notes and episodes at ataribytes.libsyn.com. The show is on a variety of podcatchers, including Google Play, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and iTunes. Do please leave a review. It would be the pits to fall into the habit of not telling people how much you love this show. You can email us at ataribytes2016 at gmail.com. You can like the show on Facebook. You can follow the show on Twitter at ataribytes. And don't forget what I said earlier. Send me your creative stuff. Your creative art Atari-related dreams, thoughts, ideas, stories, audio or written, and we'll see if we can incorporate some of those into the show. Speaking of which, you can also support the show, not just by doing those things, which you should do, but you can also support the show financially on the Atari Bytes Patreon page and by shopping for Atari Bytes stuff at Zazzle.com. There are legitimate expenses involved with putting out a podcast, as much fun as it is, and any sort of uh, tip you can offer for the uh, podcasting jar would be greatly appreciated. And don't forget, you can find new episodes of my other show, It's a Podcast, Charlie Brown, on the 15th of every month. Next time on Tari Bites. Othello! Hell no, you can't do Othello, you say? Well, tune in next week and see if you're right. So until next time, go play some old games. They've missed you. <laughs>